to the Redemption Podcast. We hope you're blessed by today's message. It's not, it doesn't. Now, what I was about to say before my lapel caused me to lose my train of thought is I said, are you proud of your church? And I noticed that some of you didn't clap. And I don't know if you was trying to offend me, but you did. So let's do that again. Are you proud of your church? Now, if you didn't clap that time, you're just being mean, and I'm going to pray for you. Are you ready for a word? I'm not going to read a congregational text today. I'm going to unpack this little by little, keep you in suspense. On the edge of your seat, bated breath, because that's how you normally are, right? Some of you are lying. Some of you are all semi-unconscious through most of my sermons. And I see you, Josh. Okay. So what we're going to do right now is we're just going to pray. Bow your heads. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come together. We thank you for the work that you're doing among us. We thank you for what you're about to do. Lord, I ask that This message, more than my typical message, would inspire hope. Because that's what we need. More than anything else, we we need hope. We can deal with, we can get through, we can survive. If you give us hope. So do that for us today, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Give the Lord some praise. I want to preach for a few minutes today from the subject, hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully, God will move. Hopefully, God will work. Hopefully, it'll work out. Hopefully, we'll have our heart's desire. The first question that I want to ask you today is, what is it that you're hoping for? Now wait, before somebody says, I don't hope, I believe. I don't hope I have faith. Hebrews 11.1 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the manifestation of what we hope for. So if you're not hopeful, you can't have faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So let me ask you again, what is it that you're hoping for? I asked that question to my friends on Facebook, and I received a lot of responses. I want to share a few with you. Sasha Allen said, I'm hoping that God will heal my baby girl Lizzie so she can come home soon. Denny Creech Jr., a guy I went to high school with, said, for my wife to be blessed with a child. We know he can do that. 
Rhonda Dean said, I'm hoping for a job. Many people commented and said they're hoping for their lost loved ones to be saved. Gary Browning commented and said, life on this side of eternity. So what are you hoping for? I hope you're hoping for something. I hope you're not indifferent. I hope you're not apathetic. I hope you're not unconcerned. I hope you're not numb. What are you hoping for? A healing in your body? Your marriage to be restored? Your ministry to grow? Your job to take off? For God to repair what has been broken? For God to give you back what the enemy stole? What is it that you're hoping for? What is it that's hard for you to hope for? Because you were hoping for a while. What is it that's hard for you to hope for? I hope you're hoping for something because no hope is hell. I didn't cuss. Like literal hell. Hell is a place of no hope. Those who go there know that nothing will ever change or get better for them. No hope is a place of misery and torment. No hope is a place of depression and discouragement. No hope is a place of fear and anxiety. No hope is a place of unceasing, unrelenting pain. God doesn't want any of us to live without hope. Regardless of the mistakes we've made, regardless of the roads we've walked, regardless of how many times we've rebelled, regardless of our situation, our struggle, our condition, or our diagnosis, God doesn't want any of us to live without hope. This is why the Bible is filled with verses that inspire I want to share with you three of them. Psalms 37, 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee. Not he might, not he could. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Do you believe that? Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Not you might, not you could, not there's a chance, but you will. John 15, 7. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything, you want, and it will, not it might, not it could, it will be granted. All three of these verses referred to God giving you 
the desire of your heart in response to you making him your top priority. God wants to inspire hope in your heart. God wants to inspire hope because hope is what enables us to persevere. Hope is what enables, enables us to get through. I read an article about a group of scientists who took 10 mice and they put five of them in a bathtub full of water and just stood there and watched. They found that the first group of mice drowned within 30 minutes. They took the second group of mice, they put them in a bathtub filled with water, but this time, every 10 minutes, they would pick a mouse up and then set it back in the water. This second group of mice was able to swim for over an hour and a half. Why was the second group able to last longer than the first? Because the second group had hope that they were going to be rescued, that they were going to be delivered. It wasn't a physical difference. It wasn't a biological difference. The only difference was hope. Hope enables us to persevere. For I reckon the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Hope enables us to persevere. David said it this way in Psalms 27, 13. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in heaven. No, it doesn't say in heaven. He said, I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David said, I would have collapsed. I would have crumbled under the pressure. I would not have had the strength to survive. I would not have had the stamina to make it had I not believed or hoped to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. What got me through was the hope that God was going to move in my situation. What got me through was the hope that God was going to move in my diagnosis. What got me through was the hope that God was going to be glorified in my storm. What got me through was the hope that I wasn't going to struggle financially forever. What got me through was that I wasn't going to be preaching to seven people forever. What got me through was the hope that God was going to move, that God was going to show up, that God was going to rewrite my story and give it a different conclusion. Are you still hopeful? After everything you've experienced, after everything you've been through, after every disappointment, after every setback, after every closed door, are you still hopeful? Are you still hoping to see the goodness of the Lord in your situation? Are you still hoping to see the goodness of the Lord in your diagnosis? 
Are you still hoping to see the goodness of the Lord in your career? Are you still hoping to see the goodness of the Lord in your finances? I hope so. Because your harvest depends on it. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall, not we might, not we could, we shall reap if we faint not. The only thing that has the power to keep us from our harvest, the only thing that has the power to prevent our harvest is if we faint. And the only thing that would cause us to faint is if we lose hope. So the question becomes, what causes us to lose hope? More than anything else, what causes us to lose hope is time past. When we're hoping for something, I'm not talking about just half-heartedly. When we're hoping for something with every fiber of our being, each moment, each day, each week, each month, each year that passes challenges our ability to remain hopeful. This is why Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. I thought about that verse this past week when I visited mom and Gary. As most of you know, Gary was diagnosed with fourth stage cancer a year and a half ago. When they first diagnosed him, they told him that he had four months to live with treatment, two months without. But we came together, we prayed, and we fasted. We prayed for Gary. We fasted for Gary. We hoped and believed for his healing. But at this point, Gary is as tired, as weak, and as sick as he's ever been. And as time passes, and as we look at all the evidence that suggests the situation is getting worse, not better, it becomes harder to hang on to hope. Our heart becomes sick with discouragement and despair. Let me give you another example. Last November, I prayed, I fasted, I believed that God was going to heal me of my back problem. And he did. I don't believe we have to cover for God. If God heals you, you're going to know it and the people around you are going to know it. We don't have to live in some delusional state of mind where we pretend like something happened that it didn't happen. He didn't do it when I thought he was going to do it. This year they diagnosed me with an immune disorder and I have a very important doctor's appointment coming up. But I told God about a month ago, I'll never stop hoping and believing that you are going to heal me.
But when you deal with a problem for a long period of time, it has a way of wearing on you. I'm sick of feeling pain every day of my life. I'm tired of being limited. This is not what God wants for me. There is no one on the face of the earth that could convince me this is what my Father in heaven wants for me. But as I go through the process, as time passes, my heart becomes sick with discouragement and despair. In Gary's situation, our heart becomes sick with discouragement and despair. In my situation, my heart became sick with discouragement and despair. Abraham experienced this kind of thing. Abraham hoped to have a child. Isn't it ironic that sometimes what other people hope for, others take for granted? He hoped to have a son with his wife, Sarah. That's it. He didn't hope to be famous or wealthy. He just hoped to have a son. And he didn't have a son at 75 or 85 or 95. He was 100 years old before his hope came to pass. When I reflected upon that this week, I asked myself, how was it that Abraham hung on to hope for such an extended period of time? And then I found the answer. Romans chapter 4, verse 18. I love it. It says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. Even when there was no statistics to support it, even when there was no evidence to base it on, even when other people said it would never happen, even when doctors said it was impossible, even when it looked like it was getting worse, not better, even when there was no reason, no logical reason for hope, Abraham just kept hoping. And what Abraham did is exactly what you and I have to do. Even when it looks like it's getting worse. We have to choose to keep hoping. Even when we don't have a reason to believe that it's going to change or get any better, we have to keep hoping. Even when other people tell us to accept it for what it is, that this is our life, we have to keep hoping. Even when our heart is sick with discouragement and despair, we have to keep hoping. Hoping, even when we're tired and weary and exhausted and frustrated and confused, we have to keep hoping. We have to make the conscious choice and decision to keep hoping. It's going to come with some risk because you're going to be let down. Not permanently, but temporarily. But you got to keep taking that risk. You got to keep hoping. God said you'd have your harvest if you didn't faint. You got to keep hoping. He said, delight yourself in me and I'll give you the desires of your heart. You got to keep hoping. He said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you can ask for anything you want. You have to keep hoping. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. The Hebrew word for deferred refers to something that is long drawn out. Something that takes longer than expected. Something that takes longer than anticipated. Let me give you an illustration. 
Carrie, my beautiful wife back there, and myself graduated college with our bachelor's degree. I have mine in human services and counseling, and she has hers in elementary education. After we graduated, our first student loan payment was scheduled to come due six months later. Fast forward six months, life didn't go as according to plan. We didn't have the jobs that we thought we would have. Our first payment was coming due, and we had absolutely no way to pay it. It was at this point that we became intimately familiar with the word deferment. We learned that we could defer our student loan payments. Now, when we deferred our student loan payments, it didn't mean that the payments were never coming due. It just meant they were coming due at a later date. Deferment didn't mean it wasn't coming. It was just coming later than expected. Now, I tell you that because God wanted me to tell you, I know that what you're hoping for didn't come when you looked for it. It didn't come when you celebrated. It didn't come when you shouted. It didn't come when you proclaimed. I know what you've been hoping for didn't come when you expected it to. But just because it didn't come when you expected it to does not mean it is not coming. God told me to tell you to stay positive, stay optimistic, stay hopeful because your hope has been deferred, not denied. Deferred, not denied. Denial means it's never coming. It's not for me. It's not going to happen. Deferment means it's not going to happen according to my plan, according to my ways, according to my expectation, but it is going to happen. Your hope, I don't know who I'm talking to, but you was about to give up. You was about to consider that this was not God's will. You was about to turn loose of it. And God wanted me to tell you today, on the first Sunday of October, that your hope has been deferred not denied. Keep waiting. Stay positive. Stay optimistic. Stay hopeful. Because this is not over. And God is not through. And your hope has been deferred. Not denied. But pastor, why hasn't God already moved in my situation? I don't know. Maybe God needed to build an audience. Maybe what God's doing in your life isn't just about you. Maybe God needed some people to see your before so that when they see your after, they'll be forced to acknowledge God's work in your life. Maybe somebody here on October 4th needed to hear Carrie Hacker's testimony to give them hope in their own situation. Maybe God's building an audience. Maybe God needed to draw you into seeking Him before He gave you what you wanted. Sometimes our need is our greatest motivation to seek the Lord. The prodigal would not have come home had he not been broke. His need brought him home. Sometimes our need is the catalyst that God uses to draw us closer to Him. Maybe God needed to change your character through your circumstance. Maybe you just needed to examine all other options and alternatives and come to the conclusion that there was no way so that God could demonstrate that He makes a way where there seems to be no way. 
I don't know why you've had to wait so long. Frida, I don't know why you've had to wait so long. If I was God, I'd already healed you. If I was God, I'd already dealt with my back problem. If I was God, I'd already moved for Gary. If I was God, I already had touched you. I'd already repaired your marriage. I don't know why you had to wait so long. But I do know that deferment is not denial. I know that God said that he would withhold no good thing from you. So if it's good for you, if it's good for others, he said he would not withhold it from you. So if you'll keep hoping, you'll have what it is that you're hoping for. If, if you'll keep hoping, even when you don't have a reason to hope, you'll have what it is that you're hoping for. Just ask Abraham at a hundred years old, still hoping that it could come to pass. Still hoping that it would transpire. Still hoping that God would move. Ask the woman with the issue of blood who sat for 12 years in her sickness, but she was still hoping that something would happen. Still hoping that she could be healed. Still hoping that she would, that something would take place in her life. Think about the man they sat next to the gate called Beautiful. Over 40 years old, still hoping. All of these people got what it was that they were hoping for. Yes, their hope was deferred, but it was not denied. So what I need you to do right now is I need you to look at your neighbor and tell them, it's still coming. It's still coming. I know you've been through a lot. I know you were disappointed. I know you're discouraged. I know you're tired. I know you're exhausted. I know you don't understand why God has tarried so long. I know you don't understand what God is up to. It sure looks like things are getting worse and not better. It sure feels like things are falling apart. It sure feels like there's no reason at all for hope. And yet God wanted me to reassure you today that is still coming. Your healing, it's still coming. Your breakthrough, it's still coming. Your job, it's still coming. Your baby, it's still coming. Your restoration is still coming. God says, I'm doing some things that you don't know. I'm doing some things that you can't see. But when I get finished doing what I'm doing, you're going to have what you hoped for. I'm changing hearts. I'm changing minds. I'm changing lives. But when I get done doing what I'm doing, you're going to have what you hoped for. I have not forgotten your prayers. I have not forgotten your labor of love. I have not forgotten your sacrifice. I have not forgotten that you put other people in front of yourself. And I want you to know that when I get done accomplishing what I need to accomplish in this wilderness season, I'm going to usher you into your promised land and you're going to know that God has been glorified in your situation, in your circumstance, in your struggle in your body. 
it's still coming. It's still coming. I was talking to mom last week. And I said, you know, the hardest thing about situations is not knowing when. She said, you're right. She said, if God told us today that 700 days from now, Gary would be completely healed, it would make the pain easier to bear. Because we would know that it's coming to an end. I can't tell you the day that it's going to happen. But I can tell you that this is going to end. That this is not a permanent situation, a permanent struggle, a permanent diagnosis, a permanent condition. I don't know when God's going to do it, but you need to go ahead and convince yourself that this is coming to an end and you're going to have what you hope for. I don't know if you know this or not, but October is National Harvest Month. And I believe that the harvest that someone's been hoping for is about to be realized. If you don't remember anything else from this message, remember this. Keep hoping and you're going to see it. Keep hoping and you're going to have it. Keep hoping and it's going to happen. Keep hoping and God's going to move. Keep hoping and the enemy's going to be defeated. Keep hoping and you're going to have strength and energy and healing in your body. Keep hoping and that mountain is going to move. Keep hoping and you're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Give the Lord some praise. Come on up, worship. Thank you for listening to the Redemption Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed today's message. For more great messages, please subscribe on iTunes or Google Play Music and leave us a rating and review while you're there. For more information, please visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash redemption ky.